Um, okay, we left off. Last week, we, we were on our way getting to the Din of Maisrim, but we, we started from, you know, Bezdin and Bezdin losing some of their powers and Bezdin's, uh, you know, prov- provisional powers when they need them. So we left off with the story of Shim ben Shatach and the time that Shim ben Shatach lived in. And, uh, you know, the act that Shimon Shatach did to, to stabilize Klai Yisrael, even though it didn't really match up with the procedural dinam of Bezdin. Now, the thing is that, that Shimon Shatach lived in the time of Sanhedrin, though, still. So, ostensibly, Shimon Shatach had, had the powers of Sanhedrin. And therefore, even though maybe he wasn't supposed to kill this many or in this fashion or etc., but he, he still had the powers of Sanhedrin. So, so let's, let's move the... Let's you know keep. Let's move the ball a few more yards down down the down the field, and we'll get to the part where it's where it's mamish related to our times. So there's Gemara in Sanhedrin that Chavzayin, where the Gemara tells a story of uh, about Bar Chama. The Gemara on Daf Chavzayin and Ralph says, Bar Chama katol nafsha. Bar Chama, whoever he was, killed somebody. So Amrulei Reish Glusler, Rabbi Yaakov, the Reish Glusler told the Rabbi Yaakov, Puk Puk Ayin Bay, go do some research, do some digging. Ivade Kotel, if Itakev really killed somebody, poke out his eyes. So Asitre Sadi brought to Edim, and the Gemara brings it back and forth, and Sarashi so tells us the Rish Galusa lived clearly after the Chorban was over, the Rish Galusa lived in Babel, the Rish Galusa did not have a Sanhedrin. Sarashi so tells us what's going on over here. Sarashi so says, Yanakur is saying to poke out his eyes, the Batlu Mises Bezdin, Mises Bezdin no longer exists, Vahai Knossahu, Avdinam Bey, the Bezdin Makin Vainchen Shalem and Atayra. Rashi tells us this is the Din. This is the same din from Shem and Shatach. This is the same din that even when there's no Bezdin, when there's no Musmachim, when it's not in Eretz Yisrael, still the din of Makan Vayich and Shalem and Atari, your Bezdin could still inflict, you know, a grievous ancient on people who, who are deservant of it. Now, the problem is that this Gemara says poke at his eyes. Now, poke at his eyes is, is painful, I'm sure, and terrible, but there's a big stretch from poke at someone's eyes to kill them. Poking at someone's eyes is inflicting, you know, a very harmful anish, something that's going to last forever. It's, it's very serious anish, but it isn't killing somebody. And based on this, some Rishonim, for example, the Muki Yosef and some Achronim, the Chachma Shleima and others, say the Medayik from this Gemara, that yes, the Din of Mak and Vayin Shleim and Atayra exists, even when, the, when, when there's no Din of Sanhedrin, but it only exists, you know, limited. Bezdin, when there is no Sanhedrin, they can't kill someone. They could harm them. They could hurt them. This is what the Nemuki Yosef and the Chachma Shleimah say. Nemuki Yosef actually says that, like, it's on purpose. In order to show that Sanhedrin doesn't exist and that Sanhedrin's powers are gone, you can only do limited Einshim. You can't really hurt someone in a bad way. Now, there's, you know, many Rishayim and many Achanim say this. But Lemaisa, the Tor and the Shulchan Aruch and the, and the Rosh and the Rif and probably the Rambam all hold that this was just, uh, you know, that was the circumstance. What the Rish Galusa asked for at that time was to poke at his eyes. But the Rish Glusa just, just as well could have asked for killing him. And it was within the Rish Glusa's power to inflict capital punishment as well. It wouldn't be limited at just saying poke at his eyes. And this is how the... the, the uh, most of this is... Uh, the the Tzitzeliezer in, in Chelek Yates has like a mini contrast on the ideas of Mak and Vajin Shalem and Atayr Bizman Like on applying it to today. 
And in there, he brings all the different, you know, Rishayin and Machik Rishayin, different shittas. Lema'isa, the Shulchan Aruch, and most of the G'day Le'achrein and Paskin, that even Bizman Azem, Bizman Azem means five, six hundred years ago, back in Vayin Shalem and Atayra, a Bezdin of some sort could punish people, even by killing them, when the Din is not so. Ad Kedekach, that the Maram Lublin has a tshuva where he writes as follows. He writes that, he says, he says as follows, Ein daiti noite lahanish sevarim. I'm against chopping off limbs or eyes or stuff like this. I, I push for, for killing in a case where it's needed. He says, why? Because um, these people with their chopped off limbs are going to live still and they're going to go, they'll convert, they'll tell the game about us, they'll spread the word that, that Jews are still punishing each other in this manner. He says, and, and uh, that's going to end up leading to big problems. He says, Like it happened in the early days of Polish Jewry, during the time of Rav Shachna, there was a bad guy, Rav Shachna was to poke out both his eyes, cut his tongue, and after they, they inflicted all these on him, he, he went off to Derech, he married a guy, says in him and all his progeny, spent the rest of their days, um, you know, making trouble for Jews. Now, listen, I mean, if I was him, I think I'd probably go the same route. I can't, I can't blame him. But says in Maram Lublin, it's not, a, it's not a good method of punishment to leave someone who you really damaged and then just say, hey, you're out on your own. Now go, now go live. Because that could lead to terrible repercussions. He says, in a case where it's justified, where Bezdin feels like, you know, this guy crossed the line and, and we're going to employ the powers of Mak and Vajit Shalem and Atayra, so go all the way. Don't, this is an, and this is how the, the Shulchan Aruch, for the most part, seems to pass. And now, the, at the end of this tshuva, the Tzitzliezer actually brings the, we spoke about it, I think, a few months ago, the Akedah, if, if anyone remembers, the Akedah that says that, that society, you know, the Rabbanim can't let small things snowball. If you remember that, we, we spoke about it, when, I think when we spoke about Shabbos in America, we spoke about, like, drawing the line. Like, the Akedah is a psaq, where you have to draw the line. So, so the Tzitzliezer, at the end of this tshuva, although he's very well aware of the fact that in the modern era this certainly doesn't happen. Not cutting off hands, arms, tongues, noses, or killing is not happening to Jews who are violating you know, the, the Teres Halachas. He, he gives like a Musr piece at the end. He brings the Akedah, this famous piece, that Rabbanim and Mamunim and people whose, whose job it is to care for the stanzas of, of Klai Yisrael have to draw the line. And you have to be willing to go out and to draw the line. Now, again, I, I don't think this is as is passing Lemaisa, but you know, that's, that's the tone that he ends off on. Now, Lemaisa today, I think as, as everyone can pretty much attest, this doesn't really, this doesn't really hold water. This doesn't really apply, right? So I think a lot of it has to do with an idea that the Chazanish expresses in Yerideh and Simon Beis. The Chazanish says something uh, on his own, meaning not, not from, from earlier sources. He says it on his own, and it's hard to know at exactly what moment in time it turned the way the Chazanish says that it is, but what the Chazanish says makes a lot of sense. Chazanish in Simon Beis says, Venere, the ain din meridin, this din of meridin v'leib mailin, right? There's a din that if someone is a mummer and apikiris, if he's passing by a, a pit, sho- shove him in a little and don't, don't pick him up, right? Meridin v'leib mailin. You help him go down, you don't help him come up. This is a din, and this is similar to the din of makin v'yishishlem and punishing people when it's not justified, and, you know, drawing the line, trying to draw the line. Says the chazanish, the ain meridin, this whole din, this whole, like, uh, you know, segment of punishments, 
when HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Hashkacha was very well revealed in the world, when there was miracles you know, readily available, and, and Hashem was still communicating with Klai Yisrael through a baskel, and Tzadik Adar were under a Hashkacha Pratis that was visible to, to everybody. Um, he says, He says, And then a Kaifer in that time, who was living in such a Tkufa, was, was imbued with like a special riches, like a special desire to try to take Klai Yisrael off a cliff and to try to violate the rules and violate the standards, he says. And at such a time, At such a moment in time, eradicating Rishon from the world, was maintaining status quo, was keeping the world in check, was keeping Klaishul in check. So Shakal Yadu, Sadar may be Puranius, because everyone understood that if one or two people started straying and taking everybody off a cliff, it would lead to great downfall for everybody, Loilam. Maybe Devar Vikhara Virab Vailam. Abu Bismana Helam, he says, in a time of of obfuscation when Hashem's uh, you know influence is not clear. Shin she says and this is the punchline he says at a time when the Muna is not clear by people and you can't see Hashem's Yad very visibly he says not only is killing people and punishing people extra legally not a, not a help he says it makes it worse observers the general populace will see it and say will say this is like vicious behavior this is like outlandish behavior a guy uh, you know he, he says and you kill him like Hey, Tachin, how can you do something like that? He says, the Kivan Shekola Atzmenu Lesakin Esadin, and says, he says, 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 says the Chazanish, since the whole purpose of this din is for the greater good, it's like to keep things stable, it's a greater good din, it says, greater good dictates that in a time when there is no Gile Ashkina and it's not so clear, that you, don't, you can't do this anymore, greater good goes the opposite way. It says, the only thing we could do is, Sheim Boitikin Valenu Lachzirim Ba'avoyse Sa'ava, we're supposed to just be loving towards them, Ulahamidam Bekeranayr Bishmashi Yedeinu Magas. Very uh, 2020, very woke. It, it's time to be warm and loving and try to bring people in. He says to push people away in a hard fashion today is just going to lead to raise eyebrows. Just going to be people saying like, like, what is that? That's, that's extra, that's too, that's too much. Now, it's very hard to say, and the Chazanish doesn't delineate, exactly what point in time the Hanaga switches from that to this. It's clear to us that there's a point in time when it switches. Uh, it's, it's hard to put a finger on it and say it happened this year, it happened then. I don't know exactly when. But what the Chazanish is expressing from without a source, Mamash from Aswara, is something that's, that's uh, you know, Nirlein Kol. It's something that makes sense. So now, now let's get to the, the one exception where, till til the very, very modern era, you know, Ainchibotaka being meted out. And that's, that's the, the Sugi of a Miser. Now, just to, to start, the din that a Miser gets killed. Is really a Gemara for itself. The Gemara in Baba Kama and Afkofi Zayin says that uh, there was someone who was engaged in a Cheshem Mishpat Machlekes with his friend and he said that he was going to go turn over the case to the, to the AG or to the, to the local magistrate and uh, I think, uh, so one second. He says... the Rav finds he says he came in front of Rav and he says, Don't don't do it. He says, No, nah, I'm gonna. So Yasir Rav Kahana came the Rav. Rav Kahana was sitting like a Talmud in front of Rav while this happened. He took out his throat from him, which is a poetic way of saying he killed him. He took out his throat from him. Rav Kahana stood up and okay, you're saying you're gonna go, you're gonna go. That's the end. So Kari Rav Alei Rav said a Pasik, but Nacha Olfu, and then Rav tells him, but Lamaisa, 
the day and age doesn't allow for just wanton murder, so you better run and then go away from it because the, the local government is not going to be okay with what you did. And Rav Kahana runs away. That's the Gemara. Now the Gemara seems to bring us a story, a Maiserav, that killing a Maiser, someone who says, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to turn someone in, is, is allowed to be put to death. And without going into too much detail of it, this is how the Shulchan Aruch Taka Paskins, the Shulchan Aruch in Chesh Mishpat, in Simen Shimpei Ches, Paskins mutter laharag ha-maiser b'chal makayim, it's permitted to kill a maiser in every place, afilu b'zman hazeh, even in our time, mutter laharag ha-kaidem shiyimser. Now the diik from the Gemara is that it's mutter to kill a maiser before he kills, but not as an einish, not as a punishment, not once a maiser goes and, and turns someone in, could you kill him like to punish him for doing it. You kill to prevent. It has like the din of a raidif. From Rav Kahana's story, you see Rav Kahana said, like, oh, I see where this is going, let me stop it before it goes there. But after someone was maishat to go and kill them, that not. Now, and this is whether the maishat is giving over someone begufai, oibim amaynoi, you're allowed to kill the maishat, but the Shulchan Aruch does stress that uh, if the maishat already did it, and it's not something that's preventative, then it could be, then, then probably you can kill him. Now, there is an exception, the Shulchan Aruch speaks out, and I, this is very broad strokes, and there's a lot of detail in each one of these things, but there is an exception, and that is someone who's, who, who gets the title of a meiser. Meaning, there could be someone who, who gives someone over, in a moment of anger, he, you know, gives a case over, and he did it. Okay, so someone committed an act of Mesira. He did an act of Mesira. You gave over another Jew to, to, to secular law. And then there's someone who's a meiser. Someone whose job description is a meiser, meaning he's a habitual meiser. This is what he does. He, he, uh, he, follow, you know, he hangs around the, the kahila, he figures out what's going on, what's wrong, and he passes that information on to where he thinks it will cause the most damage and get him the most, usually, money and respect. Now, someone who's a meiser, so then that's a person that you could kill even before, after, later. That person gets the title of a meiser, then it's, then it's a done deal. Now, that's the people that we're talking about. And... and and uh, there's been many cases of this. For example, the yeah, 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 yeah. All the all the place can make this again. It's very a lot of nuance. I, I, I'm before you actually kill someone. Yeah, let's yeah. talk again. <laughs> let's talk again because we'll oh, someone says I want to. That's I want to get so so again. It's nuance, but so let's just let's say like this. So yeah, names and addresses. So so certainly a long time ago we had we we read last week the Rambam says. That Maisim Bechal Yayim, the Raman says, that someone who's a Maiser, you off him, you kill him. Now, there's a famous story that's brought down in, uh, in many different places. I'll read it from here. But it says, there's a famous story with Rabbi Yosef Ibn Migash, the Rimagash, who's from the earliest Rishonim in Spain. And the way it's quoted is as follows well, Rabbi Yosef Ibn Migash, whose personality was soft and patient, Shetziva Liskal Maiser Echad, Beir Maishavai. The Rimagash was Mitzava, the Rimagash who, who was calm and patient was Mitzava to stone a Miser on Yom Kippur Shechal B'Shabbos before Neila. So, for example, that's a story. The, the, the Rush, the Rush's son, in, in his Chuvah Sefer called Zichron Yosef, the Rush's son brings a story. It, it's a whole Arichas de Kachuva, but he brings that. Um, he brings. During the lifetime of my father, the Rosh, he was masking with the G'dayli ear, to kill a Meiser. They didn't catch the moment. Because of many instances of Edus, because of many instances of, of, of Edus and Malshinus and Mesira that this person committed. 
but they were working somewhat in tandem with the king, and the king was a child king, was a yunuka, who you know, wasn't passing any judgment at the time. And uh, it's in safe, it didn't end up happening. But he says, my father and the dayanum of the town, paskin like this, lamaisa to do it. And Mimela, he says, to the case he's being asked about, that he agrees. That the tshuva that he was posed to ask about killing a moiser, he says, Shamati that my father was okay with it, they passed in the moiser to do it, it didn't end up happening in that case. But whoever does this, whoever's involved in killing a moiser, you're doing a great thing. Now, there's, there's lots of other, like, Haskaris brought down in a Klaliistic sense that about killing a moiser. The problem is that in most places where Jews live, to have your name go down on a psak in writing that said, I die in so-and-so, you know, authorized killing of so-and-so because he's a miser would land you in a lot of trouble like it would today. If there was, you know, if you had an email that said with 23 Dayanim that said we allow to kill so-and-so because he was a miser, they'd get in a lot of trouble. So a lot of protheistic psakim are, don't exist, meaning to, to find something written from a specific story where a Dayan signed and said it's okay is very hard to find. The only, like one with there's a tremendous amount of documentation is the case of the Rizhina. So let, let's talk about that story. So the Rizhner, Yisrael of Ruzhin, is a Russian rabbi. He's, let's say, let's call him Dar Ravi of Hasidim, the fourth generation of Hasidim. He's a great-grandson of the Mizritcha Magid. He spawns a tremendous amount of Hasidic, Hasidic courts. What do you say? He lived, let's say, I would say, like, let's say, 1780 to 1860. You know, like the beginning-ish of Hasidim, not, not you know, an early rabbi. He's a... Enoch uh, of uh, Mizrach Magid, which is a big claim to fame, Rabbi Avraham Amalek of Mizrach Magid. His children end up becoming uh, the Sadiger Rebbe, the Syatan Rebbe, Bahusha Rebbe, Chartkiv, uh, Sadi- like uh, uh, lots, lots of them, beyond, beyond splits into many. Before the war in Europe, Rizhin and its, you know, its courts were, was probably the second biggest Hasidus in Galicia after, after Bells. It was a very, very substantial Hasidus. Uh, the Vizhnitzer, the first Vizhnitzer Rebbe, Menachem Mendel, the first Vizhnitzer Rebbe, was the son-in-law of the Rizhner. The Rizhner was like a, a, an accepted tzaddik by all Hasidim. He's an accepted tzaddik by all Hasidim. He had a, it's a tremendous amount of courts. <coughs> Eventually, his children end up in like, probably the biggest war in the Hasidish Shevelt with, with Rav Chaim of Tzans. And that's a huge you know, thing. The, the, the Rizhner had a son who, who at some point left the fold, came back. It's unclear what happened, but... The Tzanza was very upset with how the Rizhina's children dealt with their brother, and that turned into a huge fight, which is for a, separate, for a different time, and had a lot of like, spillover and a lot of polyates. But the Rizhina is a very, very main Rebbe. Now, in, in 1838, there's a fishing boat in, in uh, the town of Ushitz that fishes out a body from the water that's badly mutilated, clearly beaten, and that has bricks tied around its neck and tied around its ankles. They fish this out, they bring it to the shore, they bring it to the police. Nobody knows who it is. Uh, identifying by dental, dental records didn't exist yet, and they don't know who the guy is. They bury him again, because no, there's no, ident- no one identifies him. No one stepped forward and said, this is, this is ours, so they bury him again. Now, uh, a few months later, someone, Yitzhak Kennedsburg, comes forward and he says, I know who it is. He says there's two maestrum from Ushitz who disappeared. The, Ushitz is like a suburb of Lvov. They're, you know, prominent maestrum. He says there's uh, Yitzchak Axman and Shmuel Schwartzman, two maestrum who are missing. And this is Yitzchak Axman. This body that you pulled up is Yitzchak Axman. So they, they, um, they dig him up again. They dig up the body again. And he makes a positive identification. 
He says, this is Yitzhak Axman, and Yitzhak Axman is a miser working out of, you know, the Lvov area, and he was obviously killed by the Jews. Now, the Russian government at that time was, was Tsar Nikolai I, uh, you know, a famous anti-Semite, who hated Jews, you know, tremendously. Um, and he sent a special, like, uh, I guess we would call today like a special investigation, like a, you know, a special prosecutor to the, to the area of Ruzhin, which is the same area, to try to round up everybody who's responsible. And 50, 48 Jews got arrested in this, like, dragnet I picked up. Amongst them is the Rav of the city, which was Shmuel Orbach, uh, it's not, Michal Orbach. He was, he was, uh, he's an of the Rebbe of Zusha. The Rizhina gets arrested. The Rizhina, like, they walked, they, they dealt, dealt with kid gloves a little bit because, first of all, he was wealthy and he was a member of the Traders Guild, which afforded him, like, a certain amount of power in the neighborhood. But eventually, the, the Rizhina gets arrested and he sits in prison for 21 months, which is a pretty long time. He sits in prison for 21 months as, as all these 48 people are being investigated until they mamish figure out every rub and every dayan who signed on and who agreed and who stood behind this psaq and the different, you know, punishments that are handed out to each one of them. The, for example, like uh, Reb Michal Erbach's Svarim, his entire library is confiscated and translated. They hire people and spent, uh, it must have taken a long time, his entire library of is confiscated and translated to find every place that in a, in a Jewish sefer it talks about Masira. Like where it says, where the authorization for such a psaq would come from. Now, they don't find any psak for this, for this thing. The, the way that we know a lot of this involvement, strangely, ironically, is because of another meiser. Uh, a famous Galiziana maskal, a writer, Yosef Pearl, Joseph Pearl, who became aware that in Galicia there was a huge fundraising operation going on to try to forbid the for the Rizhina. All the shtiblach and all the, the people who were affiliated with, with the Hasidim were raising tremendous amounts of money in Galicia to send back to Russia to be able to fight the case and to free the original and get him out. And Joseph Pearl <laughs> compiled the list of every shtibu that was raising money and sent it to the Tsar's government to say, look, the, the Vaita's still trying to... They, now, it happens to be that his, his Masira didn't make much difference to the case. Like, it didn't, that didn't really affect the case. And, and eventually, a bunch of the Jews get, get pretty serious punishments. Michal Orbach gets sentenced to, to the Gulag, and on his way to the gulag, people from the Kila break him out of the, of the police car and they spirit him away over the border and he runs away. And he ends up in Poland. The Rizhiner is eventually released without charges, probably due to bribery and lack of evidence, but he's, no one would talk about the Rebbe. No one would say the Rebbe. The Rizhiner was like, like a malach. You know, no one would talk about the Rebbe and say the Rebbe. So the Rizhiner, due to lack of evidence and, and a lot of bribery, was released without charges. But we have memos that were dug up today, like from the Russian government's archives, that say, like, instruct the regional governor of Rizhin, keep a good eye on the Rizhiner, and the next time you find even the slightest excuse to arrest him and imprison him, pick him back up. Like, we can't make this stick, but get him on something else. Find out the next time he doesn't pay a parking ticket and, and, and arrest him, pick him up again. The Rizhiner becomes aware of this, and in the dead of night, he prepares his whole family and he sneaks away. And he eventually, he moves a few times, but he ends up in Sadiger for eight years, and then he moves again, but the Rizhina ends up leaving Russia and escaping due to this case. But, but this is one of the only cases that have like a real, like a, you know, trove of documents about the Meiser, the name of the Meiser was killed. Often the Meiser's name was never known, the people who killed him were never known, because this is all done very hush-hush. You wouldn't find a psak that talks about it. And over here we don't have a psak that talks about it, but we do have, they dug up today from like the, the mm. I guess it's the Special Investigations Unit of Russia, which is available still, uh, all these documents about this case. And we know 
a list of, of many Jews. We know that it was a bezdin of Chaf Gimel that decided to kill him. We know they were makbid to have a bezdin of 23 dayanim to authorize killing these maesrim. Um, Did they find the other body? No, they never found the other body. And, and uh, you know, whatever. And plenty of people sat in jail for this. So, so up to very recently, this is, you know, late, you know, mid-1800s. Last week we spoke about Margali Siyam's father, which is late 1800s. After the year last week, a lot of people told me that uh, they say over there, Rabbi Isaac Osband, uh, who was a rav in Lita for, for like six months after the war, between he came, before he came to America, oversaw the killing of a Meiser in the town that he was a rav in. Now, the question would be, what about, what about Bisman Azeh? What about Mamish Bisman Azeh? You know, the, right now. So, so, strangely enough, a lot of the literature on this comes from judges on the Israeli Supreme Court. Uh, certainly in the early days of the state, and even some more recently, judges on the Israeli Supreme Court were somewhat Tamidah Chachamim who wrote on this, but I think we're going to have to hold that. There's stories of this, there's a Shiloh about extradition, there's a big fight with uh, Professor, Judge Professor Menachem Alon got into a big fight with other Rabbanim. Uh, there's an article, uh, uh, like a Marachah from Rabbi Yisrael Shepansky, the Rabbi Shepansky from Mir Yeshiva, his father, was a big writer, a scholar. He has an article about this, and uh, we'll, we'll, cir- we'll, we'll get to Tzliyaz, there's a true about it, we'll get to this. There's a, there's a piece from the Rosh Hashulchan that's very interesting about it, but updating it to really 2023, but... That's for next week. Sure. What is it? Uh, it's a kind of realness.